Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Kathy Gray is the owner of Creative Critters Learning Center in Williamsburg, Virginia. She has three daughters, ages 17 to 25, and regularly hangs out with them and has weekly trivia nights. Kathy leads 78 teachers and 380 families and children. She's been through her own share of challenges and personal health scares with her husband, Kurt. Kathy is a leader who takes pride in her role of training and coaching her people. Her mission is larger than life, and she wants to provide opportunities for her girls that they only dreamed of. She refers to her directors and her staff as her girls, which just continues to highlight her deep relationship and connection to them and to her families. We begin our story with Kathy sharing about her husband's diagnosis with cancer and how that changed the course of their life. Two years ago in October, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. Well, it was, it was going on three years that we were dealing with that. But uh, December of last year, right before COVID hit, he had his entire esophagus taken out and reconstructed and put back in. It was a really long surgery and an extremely long um, recovery period with feeding tubes and lots of physical therapy, um, because when that happens, you're moving every organ in your body. So what they told us, it was the most dangerous and most evasive comparing it to open heart surgery. I have three girls. And so we kind of surrounded ourselves. We prayed a lot. Um, we supported him and I stayed home for, well, I ended up staying home a lot longer than I thought I was going to. So from Thanksgiving on, I was out of this everyday center business, which I love to be in. I'm here today. So from that Thanksgiving and then COVID hit, and then he was obviously quarantined. So the day that he was released, he was off his feeding tube and able to go out, COVID hit. And so he was then quarantined along with our family because, you know, he was at risk. So we did a lot of home things and and running my business from my home. I do have an amazing staff that really supported my family through that. Um, It was a really tough time. Um, And I feel now almost, I never had had time when, when someone is critically ill like that, there's a, there's a grieving time 
you know, you're in, it's kind of like death, you know, when somebody dies, you're getting everything ready and you're getting a funeral and blah, blah, blah. And it's the same thing when someone's sick, you're okay. We got to prepare for the surgery. We got to prepare for um, when they come home and how we're going to care for them. But there's, you know, when someone dies, you have a grieving period. Um, and I think when someone is critically ill like that, you also have a grieving period. Well, I felt like I never had that because we went straight into COVID and then uh, now we're full force into COVID. So there's never been a time that up until a couple of weeks ago that I just sat back and could grieve and be like, oh my gosh, okay, he's he is cancer free now, thank goodness. And and pretty much back to normal. We have we have some good days and some bad days, but overall he's functioning normally. But I had to step back and I think how you really taught me that. I have to take care of myself. So my husband and I did take a long weekend and go to Punta Cana in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, and I also forgot to talk about that in June, we also opened um, a sixth location. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. We'll, we'll talk about that soon. All craziness <laughs> happening. So, and this weekend, actually, my husband and I are, we live very close to the beach. So we're him and I, just him and I are headed out there for the weekend. So I'm really trying to do some things to really kind of ground myself. Uh, my kids weren't happy that we were going cause they don't, they want to go. And, and I love my kids and anyone that knows me, we spend a lot of time together, but sometimes you need a break from your kids too. And so this, I will vouch for that. <laughs> and my kids are grown. They don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> and I love them dearly and I will miss them this weekend, but this is, Everyone, we had vowed that from Christmas on every couple of weeks, we would, we have the luxury of, of living close to the mountains and the beach. So we're going to take advantage of it. And I think that's helped me because we are in a crazy place right now in our centers. Um, and it's just helped me to be a better leader come Monday morning. As leaders, we are constantly putting ourselves into high stakes situations the daily stressors of leading a center can wear heavily on us, and many times our bodies and brains have not fully rested, recovered, and restored from the day before. And so we go into the next day with this excess of stress and fatigue, and then it begins to compound itself. So while we're all extremely resilient, the consistent wear and tear takes its toll. We need time to rest, to recover, and play, and just be, and not do anything productive not do anything specific, no specific outcome, just be. We need that. As the country started to close down, Kathy had to make some critical decisions around closure and what she wanted to do with the parents. The commitment the parents have had to her and her center is mind-blowing. Well, I can tell you that we were never going to close unless they mandated us to close. Um, we had made that decision right from the start that we were going to stay open. We thought that was best for our community, but also best financially. So we decided we would stay open. We decided that we would ask parents if they felt comfortable, of course. Well, I guess we had gone to lockdown pretty much. So except for essential workers. So we kept essential workers, children, and we asked that the other parents pay half of their tuition to sustain the center and to support these essential workers because they needed us to be open so that they could work. I want to say five centers, every single parent supported us and paid half of their tuition. 
um, some of them are still paying and haven't returned. Um, if you could believe that. And we keep saying, are you sure? Are you sure? How, um, and How is like, that yeah. happening, Kathy? Yeah. I, I think some of our centers are really large, but we really have worked hard to form that relationship. I have worked really hard to form that relationship, to tell my story, for them to know that I'm in it. They see me here. I'm here today. Um, I was in the preschool room this morning. I was in the young toddlers doing some ants go marching one by one. Um, I have constant communication with them by our app. So I'm always sending them messages from me about their kids specifically. So we have formed a bond, a family. And it was very humbling that they have supported us through this whole thing. Wow. So I want to dig into, because I think this is a really big myth. And I want someone like yourself who's walked through so many seasons in this industry to help dispel this myth to the young leaders that are listening, or even the veterans. There is this myth around, well, you know, I need to be talented or I need to have all my operations and all my systems in place. And then I can build this great culture. I need to have all my financials or I need to be making X amount of money. And building culture is really about the daily practices that we do or the weekly practices that we do. So I'd love if you can share what are some of the practices that you've been so committed to that have helped you ride this season with your team? I think it's trust. I think it's connection. Um, I have 80 plus employees that I can name all of them. I can tell you where they live. I can tell you what if they have kids, um, what their parents do, where that, you know, I, I know my staff and um, even the newer ones. And I think the trust and the bond that we have with most of them, I think that's what's taken us through, you know, scary times um, at the center specifically that I'm at today um, has been hit with COVID very hard. And at one point they were all looking at me and I said, okay, you guys, You've worked for me for seven, 11, five, so many years. You know me. I would never put your health in jeopardy. Yeah. We're following the guidelines. You guys have to do your part by staying home. There are a lot of young girls here staying home on the weekends, but know that I will never put you in jeopardy. I elected to when they were out on COVID and we are not mandated to do the FFCA um, but I elected to do it. So they've been paid if they've been out for COVID, you know, for the 10 days. We have one staff that unfortunately right now is very ill and will continue to pay her um, irregardless. It's those little things that you do that when you're transparent with your staff, I told them the first COVID case we had, I'm like, um, I'm scared to death um, when they're all looking at me. And I'm like, I called the health department <laughs> and they're going to get back to me. And I called a local pharmacy and he's coming and he's going to COVID test all of us. So you have to be that leader. You have to be calm. Even inside, I was, I wanted to just, I really wanted to just crawl in a hole under the desk. Yeah. I didn't know what to do, but your instinct is you take care of just like your family. You take care of your staff like they're your family Yeah, um, and they'll want to be here. Taking care of our staff is a really great cliche. But I think it's really hard to do in practice. I also believe that many leaders struggle with the education of this because it truly takes time. 
And sometimes leaders can struggle with their focus and their attention of doing activity that's just most closest to the money, like financial spreadsheets or tours or marketing or center acquisition. And they struggle with really adopting this mindset that relationships are everything. And when you do this, it's a true 360 degree turn in the way that you approach your company. I teach my directors, you know, you take care of the teachers who take care of the kids, right? All of us know that it's a, you know, it's a cliche that we all hear in this industry. Well, that goes for me too. Mm. I take care of the directors who take care of the teachers, right? But ultimately they're looking at me. Ultimately, if it all falls apart, it's on me. So I have to make those, I have to make that conscious effort. That's the number one. The handbook can wait till tomorrow. Yes. This can wait till tomorrow, but Susie can't pay her rent today. So I'm going to go give her some money to pay her rent. That's who I am. A lot of owners won't do that. And I've been burned. I've been burned a lot. And my husband asks me every single time, why are you doing that? Because it's who I am. And I'm not going to let somebody who took advantage of that change the person inside of me. So I just keep giving. I just got chills again. They see that one of our staff, her husband, um, and I'm not telling you this to be yeah. like, oh my gosh, um, but it's those things that matter. One of our staff came, fell into really hard times. So we did a center-wide food collection. She had more food. She's probably still eating that food. Um, it was right before Thanksgiving. I mean, everybody, every staff member contributed to it. We had two carloads of food for her, and Kurt and I gave her some money Uh, to pay her mortgage for the next three months. And then her husband finally got back to work. So it's those things that make a difference. If you as an owner have the capability to pay it forward, you need to show your staff that. That's who you are, if that's who you are. Leadership can feel lonely many times because we don't have the support of our people right next to us every single day. And so we need to be intentional about seeking out relationships and collaboration with others so that we can fill our own buckets. The Owners HQ Group has been a haven for the owners during the 2020 season and really beyond that. And Kathy really goes into depth and how this group has really helped support and elevate her during some of these challenging seasons. I think hearing other people going through the same thing and their reaction to it, because I'm a part of a lot of peer groups Mm -hmm. are the same people in those peer groups. Um, You get a different perspective and it kind of hones you in on, okay, this isn't a me thing. This is a industry thing. This isn't Kathy Gray's problem. This is an industry problem. And so It will always be lonely at the top. Yeah. That will never change. But what will change is how I approach it. You know, I have wonderful people that surround me and support me. When my husband was sick, my staff never called me, never called me, not one of them. But it was still lonely, right? Because you're going through something else. You're going through something different. And at the end of the day, you're ultimately responsible. Yeah. So no matter who you have surrounding you, you're always going to feel that little bit of, oh my gosh, 
But to have those friends and those colleagues to say, Kathy, it's okay. Cause I went through it a month ago. Yep. And it's going to be just fine. Yeah. So I'd love to talk a little bit about what resilience really means to you as we're, you know, almost a year in now, what have you really learned about yourself and how strong you really are? Because I think before COVID hit, you knew that you were strong just from your personal experiences. And just in general, life has taught you, I can do hard things. I can show up. I know how to lead. But what was different about this season that taught you about who you are as a leader? I've really come into being at peace with myself Mm -hmm. and really understanding my values and who I am and my vision, Mm -hmm. not only for my centers, but for my life, for my kids' lives. You know, when you're young, honey, right now you're in this place where you're, I loved your little thing about, you know, having a meeting about how you're going to raise your children and, and those important things. And I'm in a different season of my life. Now I'm looking forward to grandchildren and more weddings and Kurt and I's changing our lives on a, you know, our lives will go to a different path, Yeah. but resilience at the end of the day is, is who you are. And when you're at peace with yourself, you can get through anything. Yeah. Um, You know, right now in the midst of a really bad time for our industry, for me at, in my centers with COVID, I'm cleaning house. If you don't believe what I believe in, I'm done. So unfortunately I had to let go three people this week. Wow. That's rough. And, and it was more about how they were treating each other Mm. and their unwillingness to see it and change because they represent me. And at the end of the day, if you're talking to someone like that, that's not how I would ever speak. And so five years ago, I would have just said, Oh, well, it's just them. Well, no, that's not okay anymore. It's not okay. I don't want people surrounding me that are like that because that's not who I am. And I worked with them. I don't want you to think for one minute. I was like, "Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) You're out. You know, it's been months of me trying to help them to see that they're, and I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm not, but there has to be some level of conduct, some level of value. And if you don't share that same value with me, that's okay. That doesn't mean you're bad. You just can't be here. Yeah. And I think when you get to that point, you get more resilient because, you know, in my mind, you know, my directors are like, Kathy, what are we going to do? I'm like, I'll do it. So-and-so do it. So-and-so until we find someone we're constantly hiring. So we already had people on the back burner. So, you know, we're moving them in, which is a really good thing to do because then your staff think, oh gosh, they can replace me real fast, especially your, you know, your older staff. So as you get older and you come into your own, I think it's easier to be a leader because you don't care anymore. I asked Kathy a question that I've thought about for many years, and it really continues to evolve as I grow older and continue to learn. I asked her, do you need to walk through life and get older to come to your own, to trust your values, to not be scared of people pleasing and worrying about what other people think of you? Or... Is this something that you can cultivate and develop for yourself through training and mentoring and, of course, some of life experiences? Our conversation took a very different direction here, 
and I'm really glad that I asked her this. You know that I'm, um, my daughter works with me and will eventually take over our business. Right now she's 22 years old and she's the director of one of our largest centers. And we have this conversation a lot. And so I'm really glad you asked it. So no, it doesn't come with age. How you develop that is being true to yourself and knowing what your values are and sticking to them, even if everybody around you is not doing that. If you have good rooted values and ethics and you stay true to yourself, no matter what, then you are a leader. And I think you really hone in on something, honey, the support and the mentoring um, and really having that growth mindset. And I'm not being critical of young people because I love young people, but sometimes those young people think they know it all. And even the old people don't know it all. And if you have a support system, if your centers are set up like that, actually one of my goals, my visions for 2021 is to have centers that support staff, both professionally and personally. And they really feel that support and that it's okay to make mistakes because mistakes grow you. I think you can do that without having the stumbles. And maybe you won't have as many stumbles as a seasoned person would. I love that. I love that because we're all going to walk through hard things. Like I always say, my kids are going to have their own grievances on me, just like I have on my parents. Um, so we're all going to have our things, but it, it really depends on you know what it is you're really walking through. So I want to kind of bring everything you know, full circle in. We as an industry have really learned so much about what our nation values. We have learned what people view of childcare and how people see it as so essential. Like I need my kid to go to school and like just the values have kind of been torn down and rebuilding now just on a national and a global scale. People are looking at what's really important for me and what do I really need to live the life that I want? So when you think about each of your centers, because you have six of them, and you think of the leaders in each of your centers, what is that ingredient, and maybe it's not just one, that has helped all of them persevere through this season to stand where you are today? I think it's it's a team. And when you're a team, you don't feel alone. Yes. So I'll give you an example. One. So some of our centers are spread out, um, 45 to 50 minutes from mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day at one of my, at my new center, one of my directors got in the car, ordered pizza, brought it to the center because we were short staffed that day. I was there. My regional director was there. My trainer was there and she brought pizza for the staff um, and drove 50 minutes to bring it to us because she knew she couldn't leave her center to help us. Right. But she could bring us lunch because none of us could leave. That's what makes us resilient because we know we have these people behind us. You know, we know that at the end of the day, we're not going to fall because there's always going to be someone there. You know, years ago when we had two centers, I was me and my regional director. We didn't have that. So if we had COVID hit, then we would, I don't even know what we would have done because we had no backup. Um, But now we do. Now we have each other. And I think 
no matter what happens, they know they're not alone, that we're right here. I'm right here. I talk to them every single day. I check in with them every day. If I'm not at their center, they're sending me a nightly check-in. There's lots of communication um, when they need help. And yesterday actually was the first day I really saw other, other directors starting to, it was kind of all coming together. So obviously we're in this place right now with COVID and the centers that haven't been hit, you know, they're, they're fine. And so they're like, well, what can we do? I can send so-and-so. And I'm like, you are not sending anybody. Nobody can come here. Do not send anybody. But what you can do is try to figure out how you can get the kids to school without additional help for the rest of the week. You can slowly see everybody going, oh my gosh, they need help. What can I do? Because they can't be here. So when you have that team mentality and my staff, my directors are young. Yes. And they're pulling it out and they're like, we got this. You go do what you need to do and we're going to do this. And I think that's what, what will get you through is, is if you create that, that bond, that environment where everyone feels supported and not alone because a director can feel pretty lonely. During the COVID pandemic, Kathy bought a six location. She shares that as her center continued to grow, she actually started working less. I know that many leaders worry about growth, whether that's growth in numbers of location, growth in the number of staff at your location so you could be at full capacity, or just personal growth and evolving and becoming a better leader. She shares her perspective and how growth has been for her. She talks about how she continues to make time for the little things and the very big things that bring her so much joy. Her zest for life and the people in her center are truly what keeps everything flowing for her. I work less, well, pre-COVID, I worked <laughs> less than with six centers than I did with two. Mm. And so because you have more money, you have more resources, you're able to organize yourself a little bit differently. And so it opens up this whole different place. It doesn't mean, you know, it depends on who you are and your vision. You know, I know a lot of owners that are hands off. They don't ever, nobody even knows who the owners are, Right. And that's fine if that's the model they want. That's not the model I choose. And you're going to love this answer. You go back to that time block. Um, you go back to, um, honey, you're really good at teaching people how to structure and organize themselves. So you go back to, you know, I'm so excited. I think I put it on the Facebook page. Like, how are you feeling or whatever? I was like, I'm excited. I'm frustrated because of COVID, but I'm so excited for 2021 because I love organizing. Like I have this whole map. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. This is what my days are going to look like. Like really thinking them through. How am I going to meet with, oh gosh, six directors, yeah. 80 staff. How am I going to do all of that? I don't meet with the staff all the time. Right. I go in and I talk to them. And I play with the kids. Um, my plan for 2021 is to go in once a month to a center and do um, a lesson. I used to be a teacher and I miss that. So I'm going to create some fun lesson and I'm going to go in and I can model that for the teacher and I can spend some time with them. Um, sometimes I make it a point at lunchtime when I know the kids are napping and I just go in a room and sit. Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. You know. It's those things. You can't always do that. And I can't, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I do that every week. I don't. <laughs> um, but when I'm there, 
I strategically put myself there for a certain amount of time. So if I'm going to observe a director, then I know I'm going to stay through nap time and I'm going to, oh, I haven't seen so-and-so in a long time. Let me go talk to her, see how she is. Like consciously making that effort. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a structured every Wednesday is this. Because that's not reality. Because here it is Thursday, right? Is today Thursday? And I'm in the center. I'm going to make lunch today. I've been in the preschool, you know, and I had this call. It's not reality because stuff happens. But just making a conscious effort, if that's the owner you want to be. You know, maybe your directors are those people for your staff. It's up to how you want to structure it. For me, I will never be out of my business. You know, everyone says, get out of your business so you can work on your business. Well, you can do both. You can balance that. I don't work on the weekends anymore. Um, Usually, I I can tell you that I'm up at 4 o'clock. We've talked at 5 a.m. I get up very early, but I'm done very early. Usually, by 4 or 5 o'clock, I'm done for the day, and I spend time with my kids. It's very rare that I'm working at night. Kathy is an inspiration to school leaders everywhere for what is possible when you become deeply intentional about the life that you want to create, the values that you hold dear, and what your mission is really all about. While Kathy has sustained consistent growth in her journey as an owner, she has stayed true to what she really desires to build and the life that she's creating anew every single day. She's committed to the opportunities that she wants to create for the people that she employs and the legacy that she wants to build one day at a time. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kathy and are inspired and uplifted for what is possible for you as you go on your own leadership journey. And now, Kathy and I would love to hear from you. What resonated most from our conversation? Come and join us in the Facebook group so we can continue this incredible conversation. It's Connie, and I wanted to share with you about my special Build to Last workshop. So last time we did this workshop, we did it in March, and we had over 700 early childhood leaders from all over the world join us. And I mean from all over the world, I mean as far as India, Australia, all parts of Africa, Canada, the US, Italy. We had some people from Hawaii, Australia. It was amazing. So the reason we're doing it again is because it was such a huge success from the aspect of people got amazing transformational results within the first couple days of this workshop. So I wanna walk you through what it's all about and why you should sign up if you are a school leader. So in this workshop, I'm gonna be going over the three sustainable pillars to build and sustain your school of excellence. Pillar number one, mindset. Pillar number two, time. And pillar number three, culture. And within culture, I'm gonna be doing a bonus session with you guys on conflict how to have difficult and impossible conversations. So this is gonna be a four day experience where every single day I'm gonna be teaching, training, coaching, and advising you guys on all of these different pillars. And what's even more so is I'm going to give you a very special workbook where you're going to be able to take notes, see the exercises, the practices, the prompts, the scripts, all the things that you need. Because in those four days, here's what I know, you're busy. You don't have extra time to do a workshop. You don't have extra time to do things that aren't going to deliver a result in your school. And that is why I'm committed to every single minute in this workshop is going to be valuable for you. It's going to give you practical strategies that you can implement right away in your school. 
So if you're thinking, oh, I would really love to sign up for this, but I don't have time, guess what? It's gonna be recorded. So even if you can't show up live, you can get access to the recording within the first week. After that, the recordings are gonna go down. And if you're saying, oh, I would really love to join this, but I actually don't even have time to watch a recording, here's what I wanna tell you. If you don't have time, this is why you wanna be on here because on day two, I'm gonna be teaching you about effective time strategies and how to focus on key priorities that move your school forward and how to delegate, delete, and outsource anything that doesn't move your school forward. So if you're wondering, or if you're thinking about, goodness, I would love to have more peace of mind. I would love to have more of an ability to focus on the things I need to, build and sustain my school of excellence, build an amazing school culture, build a place where teachers have staff find, where they wanna come, where parents see us as professionals, not babysitters, where I have the energy, the focus, the time, the mental space, the resilience, the confidence to trust my decision-making. Guys, this is the place, the Build to Last workshop. So all you need to do is go to hani.me slash build to last, or click the link over here in the show notes, in the description, in the comments, wherever it is, and sign up. And right after you sign up, you're going to get access to an incredible community of people who all want to do this amazing stuff with you. So I can't wait to see you there. Connie.me slash built to last. Sign up. Can't wait to see you there. All right. Take care. Hey there. I want to invite you to join me for the strategic summer workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.